You are listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Well, welcome, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we are going to be turning some attention to family-owned and family-operated business. I have a special guest with me, a gentleman named Rich Hall. Rich has um, been in that space. He's walked in those shoes, and he now uh, is an advisor and coach for family-owned businesses. So, uh, Rich, let me say welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. Good to see you. Likewise, and uh, great to have you here. Rich has some great stories we're going to get into, and um, you you might already tell from his accent, Rich is uh, from a slightly different part of the country, but we'll we'll talk about that. And actually, let me just lead off of that. Rich, uh, tell the folks a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Well, I appreciate it, Doug. Yeah, as you can tell, the accent's actually from the Atlanta area. And born and raised in the Southeast, uh, been married to the same beautiful uh, woman for 28 years, have three sons. Uh, They're grown. They're out doing their thing and uh, very proud of them. Uh, We're also big, uh, obviously, on family as well as uh, uh, college football fans. So, you know, we try to have a good time with our kids and and enjoy the rivalries that go with that. Um, Actually, we moved to Houston around 20 years ago. Some of you may have heard about it. It's a little tiny company called Enron. Um, <laughs> they uh, recruited us via Ohio, believe it or not. So we went and spent a couple of years in Ohio and and uh, enjoyed that. And then there were some changes occurred. And, hey, opportunity to come to Houston, you know, great company at that time. So we moved to Houston and never looked back. We really enjoyed it. Well, that's great. So, so how did you end up going down the path with family businesses? You know, all of my career has been around uh, challenges in some form or fashion and trying to help people to succeed. I've always believed that uh, it's all about the people. It's all about having the right team around you. It's about leadership with uh, supporting your team and and giving them the tools that they need and then turn them loose. And I've always enjoyed navigating toward the family side businesses because there's a lot of things they can offer. And, you know, the really genuine caring about the employees uh, and make you feel like you're special and you're wanted. So that part's really neat. You know, the challenges with a lot of family-owned businesses is you start getting that family element in there where there may be nuances of, you know, Junior may need a job and he's been there for 10 years. So how do we get Junior to perform as well for the company, let's say, as someone you may hire off the streets? And I've worked for quite a few family-owned businesses. I've also been the uh, what you might call hired gun to come in and run a multi-generational family-owned business uh, because what they were doing just wasn't working and they needed some turnaround. And I've just sort of migrated toward that environment and having worked in there, I really enjoy it. And um, I think I'm pretty good at it. That's interesting. You know, I've, uh, <clears throat> I confess I've had my own uh, chapter in my business life of having what you would call a family-owned business. My wife and I started a business together, and there was a season we hired some of our sons to 
pitch in and fill some gaps. It was never intended to be permanent with them. It was all very temporary. <clears throat> and in our case, we tried to be very specific about what we wanted them to do. You know, there was no uh, delusions of grandeur, you know, on, on, on them working for mom and dad. Um, talk a little bit about that. You, you touched on some of the dark side of uh, family-owned business. Let, let's just get that out of the way. Then we can talk about all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, I think where, uh, you know, some of the challenges come in is, you know, with a business and, and especially one during the challenging times like we have today, uh, you want to hire the best leadership team you can have. You want to be focused on the goals and what you're trying to accomplish as a company. And But sometimes when the family dynamics get in there, you may have, again, the original founder of the company that knows everything about the business. But it's one thing to have a, I'll give you the example, a performance review with an employee that you hired versus a performance review with a family member and do you hold them accountable the same way that maybe you would someone that you hired and had been with the company quite a few years so it can be a challenge and the goal is to try to keep you know everyone going down the right path and on the same page and one of the things that i like to talk about is you know when you're at work it's about work it's not about family as much and when you're at home and work is brought up, then it's about work. And the dad or the mom or whoever's the founder of the company, you have to treat them with that same kind of respect. And it's very difficult if they come to work and, and hear one thing, and then they've got a brother, sister, sibling, spouse that's telling them something else. So that's some of the areas that we like to coach some of the family businesses on to, to really keep you know, try to keep the separation as much as possible. I've heard a discussion about the idea that um, if you're going to have family members involved, you need to be very specific about roles and what angle they're coming in from. And there's a diagram I've seen that talks about um, some circles on a page. It's it's uh, like manager and leadership it's like employee owner and uh i think there's maybe a fourth one in there somewhere I, i'm not recalling it exact but those those angles and frames of reference i think drive a lot of that would you agree i would agree the the thing that's uh with a lot of family members and and the roles and responsibilities is it's very difficult at times when, again, it's a relationship, son, daughter, for example, uh, that you have to respect when you're at work, even if you've got a lot of expertise in a particular area. So I'll give you an example. I've been in executive meetings before with the owner of the company, and we're talking strategy of the company. And then all of a sudden, a son comes bursting in and wants to join in the conversation. And it puts the owner in a difficult position. But now you've got a separate dynamic, you know, that you're having to work with. So where it's tough is that the son really wants to contribute. They want to learn more about the business and they want to be heard. But there's a time and a place for that. So a lot of what we'll do is coach the owners 
to say, you know, we can set up a program that allows their input or that helps them become more prepared to run the company. Uh, but barging into a meeting or, you know, interrupting something that's, that's already in place is maybe not the best way to do it. And we try to coach them through encouragement that way and also spend the time with a family member, you know, albeit whether it's children, grandchildren, multi-generational siblings, spouses. A lot of times they haven't had the opportunity to get the full picture of the company and the different roles. So, for example, if you grow up in a company and you're an outgoing guy, you may be the person that runs the sales department. But have you ever run finance? Do you really know know the finances of the company? And so we try to help them broaden their picture some in their environment so that one day they may be prepared to take over for the company and they've got a much bigger picture of how, you know, the business is run. And therefore, we also develop them along that path to be better leaders because, trust me, everyone notices the family members. And even if... You may not have the title. Everyone knows that Sunday afternoon dinner at the owner's house, you know, still takes place. So that in, that dynamic that occurs, which is different than other kind of businesses, uh, the family wants to be aware of that and to act professional along the way. Yeah, and uh, let's start talking about kind of thoughts um, about ways to structure and and manage that dynamic. Uh, One one thing that comes to mind for me is the idea of creating very specific job descriptions. And, you know, if, if Junior needs a job, okay, we get that, but can he meet the expectations of a specific job description? The, and a job description that wasn't writ, written to fit Junior, but rather it was written to fit the need of the company. And then you ask the question, can Junior sit in that seat and help us out? See, that's a great point, Doug, uh, because so many uh, family members that do in, or, or family-owned businesses that do employ family members um they may lower the expectations of the role for the skill sets of the family member. And what you described is actually the opposite, right? Here's what we need for the company to be successful. Now, if we already know that junior is going to be that person, then the next step is let's do a gap analysis between where junior's at today and where he needs to be to be fully effective in that role. And then at that point, you can set up, whether it's training programs, it's mentoring programs, it's um, maybe given experience along the way and groom them into that role. But I think unless you have, like you're talking about, a job description, uh, you're never going to perform at the level that you could. And when you go up against the competition that may not be a family-owned business, I can guarantee you that they're going to try to hire and hold accountable the best people they can. So identifying that gap and then training, getting them experience, getting them someone to talk to. Somebody like yourself, Doug, that has a lot of experience in this area could take junior 
And where junior may not want to ask mom or dad a question, take somebody like yourself or myself and say, okay, here, here are the skills that you need. And here's a path that we can go down so that we close the gap from maybe where you're at today to where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thought. And uh, I feel compelled at this moment to apologize to anybody that might be taking offense at us picking on Junior. Uh, I know it sounds horribly gender specific, and we we mean no ill will by any of that. Um, It's just uh, uh, sort of the lexicon of trying to describe the family dynamic. This certainly fits for the ladies in, in in the room and anybody else that might be involved coming out of that family, family unit, whatever, yeah. however you may define it. Um, on that note, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we will be right back and continue our discussion about family owned business. This program is sponsored by Headway Executive Coaching, your source for leadership development and team leading effectiveness. For more information, visit headwayexec.com. All right. Hello again. We're, we are back. And, uh, today I'm meeting with a friend and colleague. His name is Rich Hall. He owns a company called the Rich Hall Group. He is a business advisor and, and coach. Uh, we've been talking about some of the dynamics of owning and operating a family owned business. So Rich, I'd like to maybe shift gears just a little bit. Tell us about how you might approach a new engagement. If, if an owner calls you and says, I got a, this family owned business, I need some help. Uh, what do you typically do when you dive in and go after that? Well, you know, good question, Doug. Uh, the first step that I'll go into and have the conversation is, uh, well, actually two or three things I go toward. Number one, what are the goals you're trying to accomplish? And are you committed to obtaining those goals? Uh, Because transformation can be tough and it can be tough on the employees. It can be tough on the owner, the the family member. And you can't really uh, go in halfway if you really are going to try to achieve the goals. So where are you and are you truly committed to what you're trying to accomplish? You know, the second thing is a valid understanding of where the company is today Uh, because a lot of people you know let's say that you're trying to grow the company or you're trying to transform it you're trying to take advantage of opportunities that may be out there and a lot of times you can get sort of settled in your ways so i you know ask the hard questions are you ready for this do you know what you're trying to accomplish Uh, tell me about the culture at the company you know, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I was brought in to work with a company. You know, their first uh, uh, statement would be, hey, we're a family-owned business. You know, we've got a great family culture. We come in at, you know, uh, work our hours during the day. Well, I would look around and see people would come in at 9, 9.30 uh, in the morning, maybe wearing sandals, take an hour, hour and a half for lunch, leave at 4 o'clock. And yet the owner was wanting to grow the company 25%. And I said, okay, that's got to change. So, you know, if you want to grow, you need to do some things different than what you have up to this point. Are you willing to go down that path? And once they're willing to make that commitment, you know, then it's about, okay, now let's establish what it is you want to accomplish and how we're going to get the team 
to help you get there. And if it means we've got to change some things, I said that transformation starts at the top and, and everything feeds off of that. So that's where I usually start at is with the owner. Let's have some tough conversations. Let's make sure that we're all on the same page. And then if we are, let's go full steam ahead. And what is the typical situation if, in fact, it's determined that one of the family members is a weak link? Uh, boy, I've seen a number of different situations. Um, I will tell you something that is out there, but I've rarely seen it accomplished, is I don't recommend for family members, let's say that, and give equal time to the daughters. Let's say that a daughter went to college and then after college came into the family business, never worked anywhere else. Okay. They've not had any other perspective. They've not had any kind of management, you know, and not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but they just may not always know what they don't know. And the business just sort of keeps running the way it always has. So if you've got a person like that that's never had any experiences anywhere else, how can you expect them to feel comfortable with, say, transformational change? Uh, they've got no exposure to that. So a lot of times, if it's not working, uh, I'll advise that the owners you know, make arrangements for the family member to leave the company and say, go work somewhere else for a few years and get their experience and exposure there with something from different perspectives that they can bring back and add even more value. You know, that's one example. Another one that I've seen that works is bringing in a coach to let them talk it through and, and, you know, give them ideas, give them perspectives that they hadn't thought of before, because the ultimate goal is to develop them up where they're happy. They're having a great time. They feel like they're contributing well to the company and that there's a future there for them. And you've really got to make the investment in family members as well as employees if you want them to succeed. You know, it, it reminds me about um, sort of the picture of the evolution of growth of a company. You're a startup. You're trying to get your idea off the ground, get a little traction and get going. And uh, you you start having some wins. You get some a couple of big accounts and now you've got something going on and you keep progressing, progressing, progressing. And even if you do a pretty good job with managing those family dynamics and having specific con uh, contributions, most family businesses I've ever seen actually do hit that stage. If they are successful, they hit that stage where they really need to shift gears and start really focusing on professional leadership for the company. And that pivot point is not unique to family owned businesses. It's every entrepreneur faces that. And, um, I guess where I'm going is think think about or your experiences. Is it harder if you're a family-run business to make that pivot and start thinking about bringing in some outside guys to take over as president, take over as CEO, and, and do that sort of thing? Uh, it can be tough. I'll say I've been in that role before where I was the uh, person brought in because – 
it was the company had become stagnant and with stagnation, you're actually losing, right? Because the competition is, is catching up. And uh, there was also not that, uh, what I would say, you know, willingness to, you know, make some changes, things that maybe needed to happen. You may have had someone in, in a role for 15 years, and that's part of the value of a family-owned business. But what if to grow the company 25%, for example, you needed to make changes? Do they even know how? Um, and are there sacred cows? So, you know, I've been in that position before. And I would say, you remember when I went back at first and I said, one of the first things you have to do is really get that commitment from the owner because transformational change like we're talking about can be great and exciting because with family-owned businesses, you can make decisions pretty fast and move fast and take advantage of pivots and opportunities that you see. But when you do that, there's also that, what I would say, cultural element, the family element. And you've got to manage through that. And it can be tough. And, and what I've seen a lot of times is, you know, bring an outside person in to let them help, whether it's a full-time employee or maybe a mentor or, or something. Uh, but you really got to make the commitment to that person uh, because it could be painful. The, the conversations can be tough and you've got to be able to make that commitment to stick with it. And uh, I've seen it. I've done it. Uh, we've grown the company uh, very first year to the highest revenue and highest profit in the history of the company, all for making some focused changes. But it wasn't easy. And, uh, you know, the good news is having the commitment of the family members behind this person is really what I would say the key to success is. Yeah. Well, good to know. Good to know. Uh, Rich, talk a little bit about your target market right now. Who, who are the kinds of companies you're working with? I like the companies that, again, family owned. Uh, that's my area of expertise. I understand it. I've worked in it, spent my life. You know, we actually have a family owned business. My wife uh, runs it. And so we see day in and day out what some of the challenges are. For me, uh, I had a conversation to put it in the framework. I had a conversation last week with a prospective client and they said, you know, I just want to get back to the pre-pandemic uh, revenue levels. And I said, well, you know what? I may not be the right person then because if you're looking to really grow uh, and do change, say grow 25% or go from stagnation to uh, highly relevant today, then that's where I start coming in. And I look at the entire dynamic of the company. Uh, it's not just, for example, about sales and marketing. You know, people think, well, you know, for example, a lot of family businesses may say, well, I don't understand this new um, social media uh, sales and, and, and marketing. You know, I've always done it through a handshake or through relationships. And I said, well, you know, that kind of stuff is not that hard. You can work on that. I said, what makes it tough that you want to be on top of is, you know, why you, why your company, why should they do business with you? And then let's make the assumption that the growth is going to happen. Can you handle the growth? Okay. Can you 
Uh, do you have the operations behind the scenes that can handle it so that you have a great client experience? You know, and one of the other items that, again, I get in pretty deep with them on is let's talk about cash flow. Because in a lot of family owned businesses, since it's privately held, they'll set it up so that let's say at the end of the year, uh, they've got distribution uh, to the family members where, you know, if there's profits in the company, it goes outside of the company. So what are you doing to set up, say, operating uh, funds or capital investment funds? Or what about your relationship with banks and things like that? So that as we accomplish the initial goals, you know, that the company is well prepared to handle the growth without having to take on, say, outside investors or take on further debt. So we get into, you know, all aspects there with the assumption that it's going to grow and things that you'll face, say, six months, 12 months, 18 months out. So like Doug, you were saying a little bit earlier, I thought it's a great analogy is the growth curves or the life cycle of companies that you see. Family businesses are the same way. And having seen it and been through that, you know what to anticipate, say, uh, 12, uh, uh, 18, 24 months out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's all been good, Rich. Um, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in talking direct. I would love to have a conversation and learn more about uh, the audience and, and if there's ways to help. Uh, the best way is go to the website, which is www.richhallgroup.com. Uh, there's forms there you can fill out. You can send me an email, uh, rich.hall at richhallgroup.com. And we'll set up a time and just have a great conversation. No charge at all. Let's see if it makes sense to work together. And if it does, fantastic. If it's not, I'm sure I can refer to someone that will fit the needs. Yeah. Well, that's great, Rich. Thank you for being with us and uh, appreciate all your insight and, and help today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, Doug. You bet. You bet. Thanks, everyone, for spending some time listening. Uh, you can find our information on the web at DougThorpe.com. There are links to uh, this podcast and others. So uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you in the next episode. Thanks. This has been Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. For more information, visit us on the web at DougThorpe.com.